Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. I'm your host, John, and today, as requested by Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the Hyperspace D6 Star Wars hack. So, as I said before the music, we're going to be talking about Hyperspace D6, a heavily modified and streamlined hack of West End Games' classic space fantasy rules. The writing and design is by Matt Click, with additional design by Michael Barker, and illustrations by Hodag RPG. This is a freely available hack. I'll put links in the description down below. Now, I had the pleasure of running this recently at the UK Games Expo over here, unsurprisingly enough, in the UK, and both myself and my players very much enjoyed it. Now, in the interests of complete disclosure, I was a massive fan of the old West End Games Star Wars role-playing game back in the day, and I still have my second edition or revised and expanded copy of that, and a few of the supplements I've managed to hold on to, although not as many as I would like. So, a while back, when I first stumbled across Hyperspace D6, I think one of my group recommended it to me, I was greatly enthused to see someone doing something further with it, since... Although I've played D20 Star Wars, I've also played the Saga Edition, I've played the FFG Edition, and I've run it quite a bit. None of them really captured the freewheeling sort of space opera, light sort of bouncy feel that Star Wars has for me personally, which the West End Games version certainly did. Although, as I say, that may be just my sort of nostalgia-tinted rose colored glasses but i'm gonna have a quick look through hyperspace d6 in this episode not gonna be a full review but we're gonna have a quick skim through it talk about a few of the features and then i'm going to tell you a little bit about what i think about it so you can see here we've got a table of contents introduction the basics attributes and skills dice checks combat character creation species roles burdens edges equipment advancement the force lightsaber jewels and encounters and all of this is neatly packaged in a 29 page pdf so even if you're printing out a copy as i did one-sided it's still not a massive amount of paper and you could shrink it down to a five size although the text might be getting a little bit small to read if you've got old eyes like mine if you do that so without further ado let's crack on with it the introduction first of all gives you a bit of a rundown about how this is a hack of the now defunct west end games system published between 1987 and 1999 and that it's a heavily modified streamlined and stripped down version of it and we get a list of the major changes between this and the wag version we're told that in addition to presenting the rules in a much slimmer package there are a few major departures from the game as you might know it if you play the older edition and those are attributes add dice while skills add pips armor provides armor dice which reduce damage upgrade points replace character points destiny dice replaces the wild dice defense initiative and resolve scores added the force attribute added. The skill list has been pared down and simplified, which is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Range bands replace distances. Critical success and critical damage have been added. A help action has been added to combat, you know, so you can assist other people. 
lightsaber dual rolls have been added vehicle stats and combat have been simplified we're also told that this is a work in progress and that there's a lot more to come like a gm section additional vehicles stuff there's various placeholder text in this uh this book this current version of it a lot of that is in the description for my memory of the enemies and antagonists in the section later on but hell it's not difficult to work out although i'm looking forward to seeing as this gets replaced with more actual text but i don't know how long that's going to take but it's certainly a workable and runnable system as it is we get some acknowledgements the basics of explaining rolling dice and effectively this version of the game is a d6 dice pool system you roll all of your dice and that is based on the attribute so if you had an attribute of three you would be rolling three d6 you add up all the numbers of those three dice and you're looking to beat a target difficulty number you also have a destiny dice wherein one of the d6s you're rolling it should be a different color to the others and this is your destiny dice if you roll a six on your destiny dice it explodes and you can roll it again and add it on and as long as you keep rolling sixes on that destiny dice you can keep rolling and adding on which means that no matter how ridiculously difficult a task is there is always a very small chance that a player character will be able to pull it off and i think that really nicely ties in with the flavor of star wars you know i mean let's face it even those characters who don't consciously use the force can sometimes miraculously pull off some incredible stuff we get a breakdown of scenes rounds and the downtime and we're told that on your turn you can move and take a single action we get range bands of close near far and distant rather than sort of strenuously mapping out the distances between opponents and i think that's nice to keep it abstract it certainly makes it easier to run things theater of the mind and I've used this when I've ran Hyperspace D6 at conventions, and it seems to work really well. And no one has trouble grasping it. After all, if you say to someone, oh, that person's near to you, or oh, that person's far away, then it's very easy to visualize. You get upgrade points for roleplay and furthering the narrative. These can be used during a game to alter a dice check before or after you roll, adding an additional dice to the pool. You can only spend one per round. You can also use them to improve attributes, skills, weapons and armor between sessions or during downtime. You can save them up to spend later. So effectively in this game, your XP pool can also be used to modify the dice during a session. But obviously if you do that, you're not going to have as much XP to improve your character. So I suppose you're trying to balance whether you want that short-term gain or whether you want to put it towards improving your characters in the long term. Now, this hasn't really been a thing in my games because I've been running one-shots at a convention, so people haven't had to think about what their characters are going to be like in the long term. So they've mostly been used sort of short-term in the sessions. But I'd be interested to see how that sort of plays out over the space of a longer campaign. You also start the session with a number of force points equal to one plus your force attribute. So if you haven't got the force attribute, i.e. you're not force sensitive, you're getting one. If you're like a Jedi or something like that, you're probably going to get more. And when you spend a force point, you alter the fate of your character, doubling your dice pool for one particular role. So even those people who aren't pulling on the force sort of uh, consciously can still throw in a force point 
to get that incredible result for one roll of the session potentially force points reset at the beginning of each session and you can only spend one around so at least once per session every character is going to be able to potentially pull off something mind-blowing and if you're a jedi well you know what jedi can do without force powers we're told that hyperspace d6 is seeking to invoke the feel of films and tv shows larger than life heroes etc we then go on to a list of attributes and skills. The attributes are dexterity, knowledge, mechanical, perception, strength, technical, and the force. Dice checks are whenever you attempt something challenging, dangerous, or risky. The GM will call for a dice check. You gather a number of dice equal to the dice code of the applicable attribute. You roll them. You then add the number of any applicable skill to it and compare the total to the dice checks target numbers and these go from 5 to 10 easy 10 to 15 moderate 15 to 20 difficult and 20 to 30 challenging and there's examples given as you can see if you're watching the youtube version in the chart here we've mentioned the destiny dice earlier on that's one of your dice in each dice roll has to be a different color or at least clearly distinguishable and that can explode if you roll a six on it if the result of a dice check is double the target number, you've achieved a critical success. The final effect is up to the GM, but ultimately your efforts are twice as successful. When you're doing an opposed check, both people involved roll their dice and whoever gets the highest number wins. If you're doing a group check, you, the character with the highest dice rolls and they add one dice for each character or NPC assisting them within reason. Obviously the GM has the final say on how many people can actually help. You can spend upgrade points and force points as we've discussed earlier. A round in combat encompasses roughly six seconds. So 10 rounds of combats represent a minute more or less. In combat scenes, combatants declare and resolve actions in descending order of highest initiative score. And this is a stat on your character sheet. Character, player characters win ties against NPCs. Players can decide who goes first in the events of ties amongst them. At the beginning of each turn, you declare the action you want to take that round, at least one, and a maximum of additional actions equal to their dexterity. But each action they take beyond the first reduces all dice checks for the round by one dice. So if a character was taking three actions, all skill checks will be reduced by two dice. You can choose to hold any number of actions, declaring a triggering effect and resolving the action once triggered. So, for example, you could be like, oh, I'm, I'm crouching my pistol behind this door. And if anyone kicks open that door, I'm just firing. And as soon as the door gets kicked open, the action will pause for a moment. You resolve your triggered action and then everything proceeds as before. If you're attacking someone, you make a dice check against the target's defense attribute and you roll damage on a hit. The attribute and skill used for the check is determined by what you're attacking with. So dex blaster for firearms, strength brawl for fists, that sort of thing. If you want to spend your action helping another character by making a dice check appropriate to the situation, you can add a plus one to their dice if you're successful. If you double the target number, i.e. you get a critical success, you can add plus two dice to their action. We get a bit about cover and distance range, damage, 
armor dice so and the way that works is if you're wearing armor you get access to armor dice when you take damage you can choose to roll any number of your remaining armor dice to reduce the incoming damage by the result you don't have to but you can choose to do that however if you roll a six on an armor dice after reducing the damage then that dice is lost until like your armor can be repaired or rebuilt because it's gradually getting damaged and degraded we get a short list of conditions like staggered stunned and downed and this is that when your when a combatant's resolve is reduced to zero they become downed a downed character cannot act or move until they regain resolve either through downtime or through the use of equipment such as a med pack a downed character is essentially out of action they're injured they're knocked unconscious otherwise they just can't contribute to what's going on we're told that death is not a common occurrence in hyperspace d6 even if you're down in combat you can recover fully i mean there's back to tanks med packs and stuff like that however when a character becomes down the player can decide along with the gm if any major or permanent effects occurred and you can sort of take it from there and obviously as a gm you know you can judge that based on the situation that's occurring i mean after all if you're downed and you're surrounded by stormtroopers with no one else around to help you and darth vader's bearing down on you with a lightsaber then to be honest all the back to tanks in the world probably aren't going to help you out and you're probably going to have a pretty bad time of it we get a section on character creation, which basically takes you through coming up with a concept and a name, picking your species. There's a big list of those, and they give you some attribute bonuses and a sort of handful of skills. You choose a role, which is like your class or your career. It's like soldiers, nobles, smugglers, stuff like that. There's a big list of those. You then choose burdens and edges. Burdens are things which add complication to your character but give you certain bonuses in certain areas and edges are ones that sort of make your life a little bit easier or they give you access to resources you wouldn't have you start with 200 credits with which you purchase equipment but the gm can adjust that as suits their game you then write down a series of derived characteristics so you have defense which is your ability to avoid harm and that equals six plus your dex dice code plus the number of agility pips you have initiative obviously your ability to go first in combat and that's equal to six plus your perception dice plus your tactics pips and your resolve represents your vitality your endurance and effectively your hit points it's equal to six plus your strength dice plus your stamina pips so each of these derived scores is based on an attribute and on a skill so depending on how your attributes and skills are distributed will determine these derived stats if you're wearing armor you gain access to a number of armor dice you can jot down the appearance and personality each character starts with six upgrade points as well as a number of force points equal to one plus their force attribute or one if they don't have the force attribute we then get a list of various species there's a lot of placeholder text on a few of these but we get humans and near humans and we get that sort of baseline stat block which is where you start at and then you get some options so humans are adaptable so they can add plus two to a skill of their choice we have the aqualish the basilisk biff bothan serene claudite chadrofan clones dugs duros ewoks feline gamorians the big orc things in jabba's palace gand gran 
Gungan even, if you want to play one of those, and various other things. Like I said, there's a fair amount of the old Lorem Ipsum sort of placeholder text here. But you can find a lot of these by like looking online at Wikipedia or whatever, or just using your knowledge of Star Wars. I mean, most people know at least the basic species, and I had no problems with this at all during my games. We also get various droid species. So we have assassin droids, we have astromechs, battle droids, labor droids, medical droids, and protocol droids. And again, you get to their baseline stats that you start off with, some skill modifiers, and presumably later on there will be a description of these various droids. We then go on to roles, which are your character classes. We have diplomat, doctor, engineer, entertainer, hunter, infiltrator, noble, pilot, scavenger, scholar, scout, scoundrel, soldier, spy, thug, trader, Jedi consulate, Jedi guardian, and Jedi sentinel. And all of these give you modifiers or additional dice to certain attributes. They give you a choice of bonuses to take in skills, some additional starting gear, and presumably at a later point there will be a brief description of these. And obviously if you're playing one of the three Jedi classes, you also get that much coveted force attribute. We have burdens, which give you various challenges. So let's pick a couple here. We Let's have a look at Aged. You carry a lifetime of wisdom, but the years weigh heavily on you. Gain plus one pip in two knowledge skills, but reduce one attribute of your choice with a dice cut of 2D or more by one dice. So your attributes are sort of failing you a little bit, but you've got knowledge to make up for it. Let's have a look at another one. Impoverished. You barely have two credit chits to rub together. Instead of your starting gear, you only have 150 credits to spend on equipment. Edges. We have Bruiser. In a galaxy where most carry ranged weapons, you've learned to exploit your enemy's reliance on blasters. When fighting with a brawl or melee weapon, add plus two damage. And let's have a look at another one. Look. Call it Destiny or the Force. You know it's dumb luck. When you spend an upgrade point in a dice check, you add plus two dice instead of one dice so these are all bonuses that you can take to make your life a little bit easier or give you access to other resources you wouldn't have a particular interest is the force sensitivity edge where basically you have like an innate connection to the force even if you're not an actual jedi so if you don't have a force dice code you get it at one dice so that's the way you can get additional force points if you don't want to play a jedi we get a list of equipment, which is pretty much your standard stuff from melee weapons, blaster weapons, explosives, armor, toolkits, stuff like that. And there's descriptions of how they all work in game. We get a section on advancement where it talks about how you can spend your upgrade points. And basically between each session or during downtime, you spend your upgrade points to improve attributes, skill, gear and vehicles. Improving a skill by one pip costs three upgrade points times the skills new level so if you're buying your blast skill of plus one up to plus two it's going to cost you six upgrade points improving attributes by one dice costs six upgrade points times the attributes new dice code improving weapons you have to spend three upgrade points times the new damage modifier improving armor you spend six upgrade points times the new total number of armor dice 
and also apparently you can unlock the force so sometimes you don't realize your potential in the force until it awakens within them you can spend 20 upgrade points to add plus one dice to the force attribute and unlock its use so if your character went through some sort of traumatic or dramatically appropriate scenario and you were like oh this has awakened their nascent connection to the force you've got to save them 20 upgrade points and spend them and then you can get a dice in the force attribute appropriate enough we then go on to a section called using the force it allows being sensitive to the energy to unlock incredible abilities and perform impossible feats when you attempt to accomplish something impossible using the force the gm determines which force skill applies alter control or sense gives you a target number and you have to roll and beat the target number as per previous and we get a list of potential effects here along with difficulty numbers like lifting an object with your mind target number five skill alter lift or hurl a creature with your mind again alter but difficulty 15. when a character using the force wants to deal damage to injure a foe they can roll a number of damage dice equal to their force attribute so presumably that's like your force lightning or throwing things into people with like the force and stuff like that any character can spend a force point to double the dice they roll on a skill check but only a force user can use force points to perform otherwise impossible feats so that's probably why it might be worth saving those 20 upgrade points to unlock the force if that's something you want to go down and hyperspace d6 handles it in a fairly sort of a light way because it wants to portray it as a mystical sort of strange enemy that's inherently unknowable to a certain degree and i quite like that because it's getting back to the sort of semi-mystical origins of it which seem to have been a little bit lost in the, the sort of newer films we're told a little bit about the dark side when a force user draws upon the force in anger frustration or ambition they can tap into the dark side however there's not a detailed corruption tracking system in hyperspace d6 it falls to the player to role play their use of the force and take into account how the dark sides sort of in influencing them and sort of infiltrating their consciousness and the further one falls into that shadow the more potential power a force user unlocks but at great cost once they've taken it far enough a force user can use force skills and force points to activate abilities like force choke force lightning and darker powers still so there has to be a bit of sort of interplay between the gm and the players and a bit of trust going on there to sort of adjudicate that we get some rules on lightsaber jewels which i've got to admit i've not really used a great deal so far i don't seem to have a lot of jedi in the games i've run normally just like one in the player party and occasionally like a sith or a dark jedi on the other side if it's like a one shot but i've never actually got to the point where they've like jeweled with the lightsabers we then go on to a list of encounters which are like your stats for like your baddies and you get like a, a smattering of imperials and rebels there's not a a great deal in here and that's pretty much the end of it there were some additional sort of uh stats for like bad guys in the previous version like huts and crime lords and stuff like that and i'm assuming this section will be added to as the as the sort of current version of the game is updated and i'm not sure whether the previous version is still available let me just have a look on the line no it doesn't look as though it is it looks as though only the new versions available well i'm sure if you had a bit of a dig around online you might be able to find that so what do i think of hyperspace d6 well i think it's a very interesting 
quick to run and slick hack of the old West End games D6 Star Wars system. It certainly has the same feeling of the old system with, you know, you're having your, your D6 dice pools, doubling your dice pools with like the use of the force, selecting the sort of type of race and class you want to be effectively all of that great stuff however it's just been slimmed down and streamlined and it feels to me like this hyperspace d6 hack is taking all the stuff i really liked about west end games classic star wars system and just sort of buffing off gently the rough edges and some of the the sort of rules and ideas which maybe haven't stood the test of time as sort of games have been developed and time has passed and we've learned new things about game development but it's still it doesn't feel like everything's been scrapped out of the west end games version and it's an entirely new system it feels like it's still got the same bones and a foundation as west end games star wars d6 but it feels like a much more streamlined and modern iteration of it, which has been great for me because, as I say, I've run it for one-shots at a number of conventions and just being able to have a 29-page document with all the rules and everything I needed in it is really great. Even with only having a basic table of contents and no index, it's very quick to find stuff in it. There's nice, big, bold headings at the top of each page. And you're not going to, because of the smallness of the system and the streamlined nature of it, you're not going to spend ages combing through the rule book, searching for every little thing. And as I say, I've still got my printout of the version before this, which seems to be entirely compatible and that did have some more encounter stuff in it so as well as like the imperials and rebels we had like thugs enforcers crime lords bounty hunters and stuff like that and there was some extra equipment vehicles droids force user stats and stuff like that but i'm expecting that they will be added to the newer version as time goes on so i would highly advise you if you're interested in a quick easy and free star wars game that you want to play which is great for one shots or i presume campaigns although i've not run it as a campaign but i like the sound of the advancement rules then i would keep an eye on hyperspace d6 and look out for any future updates i'll put a link to the where you can obtain this from in the description of this episode Hope you find it useful and that we can all enjoy some Star Wars gaming. So there you go. Those are my thoughts on Hyperspace D6. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you've tried out any of the versions of Hyperspace D6 or you're a fan of West End games at D6, I highly recommend you give this a go. Call in. Let us know what you think about it. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your ideas on either this Star Wars RPG or Star Wars RPGs in general. And if you'd like to get in touch, you can do so in a number of different ways. You can leave us a voicemail message on SpeakPipe or Anchor, or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. So until we speak to you again, take care, stay safe, and whatever you're playing, have fun.